with Football Sunday. We're glad you're here. and welcome. This is Super Bowl weekend and I'm your host James Brown. You know whether you're an avid fan, a casual spectator, or someone who loves watching the game for the commercials, the Super Bowl continues to be one of our most popular cultural events each and every year. And with kudos and gratitude to the donors, NFL players, and the amazing team at Sports Spectrum, you're now watching Football Sunday 2018. This season, like every season I've been here, uh, you just have your ups and your downs. So to be at a point after week four, two and two, some bad losses, it's like they're done. To be here now, uh, I think it's just a credit to us sticking together. It just goes to show you that uh, it's a long journey. It took the guys and coaches to stick together in this locker room and tune out the noise on the outside and stick it to one another and playing for each other. Scripture tells us that adversity is a good thing, that God uses that a certain way, and I think that adversity was used to kind of help make our football team come together more. One of the qualities that I think makes it so special is guys care about other guys um, outside of the football game. And they carry you through, they get you through that stuff, and, and you're happy that you have those guys and they bring you through all the tough times. When we get together at different times, uh, when we talk about things to me that are more important than football, if you need a help as being a father or a husband, advice and those things. I mean, we had a, a huge group of guys in here that that walk that walk, and, and it's hard to walk that life. And, but when you have great guys around you to help hold you accountable, uh, that helps you a lot. I've been so encouraged this year uh, by the body of believers that we have here. So many strong men that God has gifted in, in different ways. It's really been uh, an honor to be a part of such a unique group this year. It's an overwhelming sense of brotherhood and joyfulness and camaraderie, accountability. Uh, in the things of God, in the character of God, and how we should live and, and move and have our being. I've grown a lot 
you know, since being here in my faith. My faith could not have come at a better time. It's been so much more valuable than any of the wins that we've done. It's been the true treasure of of coming here to New England. So I really feel like he's given me this great opportunity to play a game that I love so much. He's given me people in my life, uh, ability to go out here and do this. And then ultimately it gives me a platform to give him glory. You know, without Christ, I wouldn't be standing here talking to you guys right now. All glory goes to him. It's just authentic community. You know, guys are, are talking about their struggles. Guys are talking about the things that they're working through, the things that, you know, are, are going well in their lives, the things that are, you know, difficulties, whatever it might be. You know, the biggest thing about the guys in the locker room is that uh, there's a bunch of unselfish players. You know, it's a really you know, tight-knit group. It's really what a team should be. These are guys that not only love me as a player, but encourage me more so off the field to stay true to the word, um, to be in the word, to consistently seek growth. My relationship with God is the only reason why I'm playing football. Every time I'm out in the field, um, I'm not trying to bring my name glory. I'm trying to bring God's name glory because he's the one who's given me the opportunity and um, you know, really paved the way for you know, me to be here in this position I'm in now. When I'm focused on him, everything else can be scattered. Everything else can be hectic and I'm at peace and I'm level. And, um, you know, I think ultimately that's the love and the grace, and the beauty of, of Christ and having a true relationship with him. My relationship with Jesus is second to none. The last year um, was the first year that I truly dedicated my life to Christ. I got baptized in March, and with Jesus in my life, I know exactly who and why I'm playing this game. This team really has become um, a brotherhood that has actually even gone even into the coaches and the players. They truly are a family. Carson went down, it was obviously tough for the team. Um, a guy that was pretty much the rock of the team. And when he got hurt, everyone was extremely devastated. We were obviously playing uh, extremely well. You know, we were on pace to go win the NFC East. We were just really clicking. Offensively, we've been playing really well throughout the game. I almost felt like I was playing as fast and as like just carefree in a good way. Just like, I felt like I was in total control out there and potentially like had to feel for the game that I probably hadn't had on that level yet. Um, I just felt this probably as good as ever. And uh, I scrambled around and dove in and didn't think much of it. And I started standing up and I realized, okay, my leg, my left leg, something's wrong. Every time I stepped, I just, I could not put pressure on. I could barely walk. And so I stayed in there for four more plays. Two of them were runs and I caught the ball, handed it off. I usually carry out my fake and do everything and that wasn't happening. And then he called a pass and I'm like, okay, I got to get the ball out. Um, I can't stand here very long and threw it. It was incomplete. I just turned and put my head down and started walking off and thinking third down. And the coach was like, no, 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 go back out there. Fourth down, we're going for it. I'm like, all right, here we go. As I'm like struggling just to walk back to the huddle. And I was just like, okay, well, I hope they, um, my first read's open. I'm like, something's gotta happen. Of course not. Um, I just stood in there, stood in there. Someone finally started breaking through the line and I just kind of threw it in the direction of Alshon and Nelly. Like, and it was all, it was all a gift from God that that was completed for a touchdown. And usually I'm running in there to celebrate and have fun with my guys. And I just said, okay, cool. And I walked straight to the train. I'm like, we need to go in that tent. Something's wrong. And uh, I just remember saying, Jesus, 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 like over and over, like, I need you, I need you. Trainers were looking at it, doing their tests, and I honestly wasn't even really paying attention to their tests. I was just laying back, Jesus, 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 because he's the only one that could make it better, and he's the only one that could provide me peace. And at the same time, I'm like, 
your will because I knew I needed him emotionally, physically, um, kind of everything in that moment. Woke up and from the surgery and felt okay. And then the next day came and I felt miserable. It was one of the worst days of my life because I just, I couldn't even sleep. Like there was just so much pain and you never think you're gonna be that guy. Um, and I'm just like, well, this is me now. I am that guy, this is reality for me and how am I gonna come back from it? Yeah. To know like all the pain I'm going through and to think of what Jesus went through for me it made me recognize a deeper level of love than I think I ever have really felt in a long time. It's always easy to say he's in control of everything, but the more I recognize, like, I need him in literally every moment of every situation when I can't even walk and do things, um, the more I realize, like, he's got everything in the palm of his hand. You just have to know and be comfortable knowing that this is exactly where God has us. We know that he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't pace back and forth. He's seated on the throne. He knows that this is exactly where we need to be. Just this whole season, you know, guys have stepped up, backups have stepped up. Guys have prepared like they were going to be the starter, you know, going into that game, even though they weren't. And um, they were just ready for their, their number to be called. I think that's what's made this year so amazing is how this entire team, players, coach, staff, secretaries, just coming together for this common cause uh, of family. Toward the end of C.S. Lewis's book, The Last Battle, one of the characters sums up what all the other characters are feeling. And my hunch is that you might be feeling it too. He stomped his right foot on the ground and then cried out, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it until now. You know, life in the kingdom is that home we've all been looking for all of our days, whether we knew it or not. It's where we belong. It's our real country. And friends, whatever you do today, whoever you're with, wherever you go, I pray that you laugh and play and cheer and pretend that you're a kid again playing on an elementary school football field. The honor has truly been mine to spend this time together with you. It's Super Bowl 52. God bless you and by all means, enjoy the game. Amen. Good stuff. So here in a second, uh, we're going to sit down and interview Charles. He's going to share a little bit about his journey of faith, his testimony. Uh, but before we do, we got one more video. Just going to kind of set up our talk uh, this morning. It's going to be no breaks, and Charles is going to share a little bit of that with you. But real quick, turn your attention to the screen and check this out. My life has been a blessing. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And uh, finally getting the opportunity to showcase my abilities in the NFL, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, I have, I'm healthy. My health is good. My family's health is good. And uh, I'm here today. Vikings wide receiver Charles Johnson was out of work in September and possibly done with his NFL dream. 
until a fateful day when the phone rang. I remember they, they gave me a phone call in Cleveland initially, and initially I denied it, denied to, to come here because I just didn't think it was fit for me at the moment. Although I knew what I wanted to be, and I loved North Turner's offense and everything, but it wasn't fit for me. Then they gave me a call back, and I'm, I'm thankful I did, and I'm thankful they still extended that uh, invitation, should I say, to me and, uh, and wanted me to come here. And I mean, since I got here, it's been love, and I've been working hard, and we're just going to keep growing together. Given the chance to get on the field in Minnesota, the 25-year-old hasn't looked back. With 26 receptions for 415 yards and two touchdowns, Johnson has been the top receiving threat over the past month for the Vikings. Yeah, I'm not really surprised at all. I'm a confident individual, and I knew I knew my abilities. I knew what I can do. And, uh, you just got to have an opportunity. Like Jerry Rice wouldn't know he was the best. We wouldn't know Jerry Rice was the number one receiver in the league if he never got an opportunity to play the game. We wouldn't know that a doctor was as good as he was with his hands if he never got the opportunity to operate on a on a person. And uh, you never know who what a person is until you get the opportunity. And my opportunities were limited my first year because of injuries. And I'm thankful that the Vikings organization gave me opportunity to showcase my abilities. And I'm just trying to take advantage of it. He's done it by taking full advantage of every one of his opportunities this year. His success on the football field hasn't been an easy journey, which has made this year all the more sweet for Charles and his family. It, it makes it a little bit sweeter because going from my whole life and growing up, how I grew up and my, my father ill, having to sleep on friends' couches, two different families just taking me in, accepting me because my dad had to move to be closer to the doctors. And going through those little things, it's like, it makes it so much sweeter. Like, you take for granted getting a catch for the, in the NFL, how hard it is to get a catch in the NFL. We take that for granted. And when I forgot my first catch versus Green Bay, it's seven yards, but it was bigger than that to me because I know I, I accomplished something and I, I fought through so much and I'm here today. Few players have had to endure the struggles and obstacles that Charles Johnson has had to overcome. But those setbacks have made 2014 that much better. He lives with an optimistic attitude and outlook. And as he reflects during the holidays, his breakout season and positive attitude is a lesson for all to remember. Look up, get up, and never give up. That message right there really hits me hard because, I mean, you can be down, and you can be things that can be going wrong, but you look up and you get up. And it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for now, but never give up. And as Americans, as people, we we love the sunshine. We love when it's nice outside. It's beautiful. But the real thing is, is can you stand the rain? Can you stand when it's storming? Because if you can stand through that storm and that rain in your life, when the sunshine comes, it's that much sweeter. You know what I mean? You can't do this. You can't do that. It's going to get sunny one day. It's not going to rain forever. So, I mean, that's what I just want to tell people, man. Just keep fighting. Don't give up. Awesome. Awesome. How you feeling, Charles? You feeling good? Man, I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling good. 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 You're looking fresh. I'm going to have to take some style tips. I'm going to have to step my game up on Sunday mornings, guys. I forgot about Super Bowl Sunday. I was going to wear my jersey, but, I mean, I had to dapper up a little bit. There you go. You got to church it up. <laughs> yeah, you know. I like it. Awesome. Well, you just heard a little bit of his story. That was a few years ago when you shared that. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we were just talking and uh, 
kind of this story came out that God's really been dealing with you about no breaks. Oh, yeah. We heard a little bit about your story there, but share that a little bit with us. Kind of what, what does no breaks mean to you? Um, I mean, yeah, me, me, you, and Clay, we went to, to lunch a couple weeks ago or something. I got to say something real quick. His, his diet, yogurt, PB&J, and some water, man. You were feeling it was good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we asked him, we're like, is that a, a, the TB12 method? So yeah, he yeah, said yeah. not yet, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we went to lunch a couple weeks ago, and we was conversing over just a bunch of topics. And um, I brought up to the topic of no breaks and uh, what it meant to me and how over the last probably six, seven months dealing with this injury, something about no breaks kept coming to my mind. And uh, what it initially meant for me was, man, uh, I can't seem to catch a break. Um, and when I talk about breaks, I'm talking an aspect of uh, my football career and uh, with injuries and the success I, I want to achieve. I, I can't seem to catch a break in, in getting there because I keep getting injuries that for some reason I don't know why it happened. Um, I feel like I'm doing the things right to prepare my body and um, to do the things necessary to achieve to the success that I want to achieve, but I can't seem to catch a break. And then after we uh, had that lunch, um, probably the ne this over the past couple of weeks, a different message came to me over it. And uh, for some reason, something kept hitting me and saying, you haven't received a break because you don't need a break. You're not tired yet. What do you need a break for? <laughs> and um, it's been something that's been really on my mind and been resonating with me a lot. Like, I feel like Jesus has been telling me, like, you're not tired yet. You still can jump more hurdles. What do you need a break for? I don't need to give you a break yet. Um, this is just something I'm giving to you so you can keep on going. And uh, so, I mean, I don't know if that came from just meeting with Pastor Garrett and Clay and uh, just talking because I never, I never thought of it like that before until after our meeting. So it's kind of it's giving me a different look on it now. Oh, that's great. And even as we were kind of talking there, and what you can hear through the videos, there's like, there's a, uh, a self-confidence, there's this strength that you have, you're self-motivated. Talk to us a little bit about that. And even in the last service, uh, we went through the Football Sunday video, and, and the, the themes of it was to seek, to surrender, and to serve. Mm -hmm. And in the Christian life, and I'm sure you've experienced this, and even as a church, we're going through... Uh, in our small groups, this book, Killing Kryptonite, and where we identify kryptonite in our lives that, that steals our strength. Talk to us, because the journey to get to the NFL, even a little bit of your story where, you know, you went from eastern Kentucky and some mm -hmm. things happened there, and then Grand Valley State, oh, yeah. and kind of all that. What, how do you, how did, in, the, in that time, how did you stay motivated when, like you said, you felt like you weren't catching any breaks? What was it that drove you to, to, keep, uh, to keep pounding? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll share a little bit. I mean, I grew up in the inner city of, of Covington, Kentucky most of my life. And um, I mean, we ain't have much. I grew up with mostly a single father and uh, I thought he provided for us. I, I used to think I had a great life and uh, he did things that he, that he could and he provided for me. I was the baby, so like anything I want, I pretty much just cried for it. <laughs> and uh, uh, then there was, came trying times when he got ill and um, things wasn't as easy. There was more times where sometimes I had to eat cereal with water or grab a piece of bread and ball it up and eat it. There was more of those trying times. And, um, but it never, I never lost focus. I never felt like I wasn't meant to be or I wasn't going to be who I wanted to be. I always just was 
a positive person. And uh, I tell people all the time that I always just find a way. No matter what's going on, I find a way, and I can always figure something out. And it was um, around sophomore year, I transferred to Erlanger, to Lloyd. And uh, junior year, I began playing football. And at that time, I really, I really didn't even know, like, you can receive scholarships to go to college, honestly. Um, and uh, Pastor Webb and Miss Kim, they sat to me in their home with Dara. I slept on the couch so long, eventually Miss Kim asked me to live with them. And, and uh, I, it was right then, I think, where their face mes 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 uh, meshed with football. It kind of like, it drew me in. And I remember a lot of times, uh, <laughs> young little Dara, He'll wake us up on Sunday, like, yeah, we're going to go play football, y'all. We're going to go play football. <laughs> so we get all the guys together, not knowing he got all of us a collar shirt in the car ready so we can come to church. <laughs> so he used, to, he used to trick us every, I'm like, every other Sunday. Like, we're going to play football, y'all, but he got a collar shirt for everybody to go to church. The life of a PK, right? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it was those times. And then I received a uh, scholarship to East Kentucky, and uh, I went there as a true freshman. I thought I was cool, thought I was the man, I thought I was playing as a true freshman, but I was still very immature. Um, unfortunately, I got suspended as a true freshman as well. I got two, suspended for two years, and um, that's probably one of the most difficult times of my life, um, seeing something that you worked so hard for, so many people that helped you get to where you were, and being so immature was just stripped away from me so fast. And um, I remember after my suspension, I was driving home one day, I borrowed some girl's car, <laughs> and it was pouring down raining, and uh, I remember I started hydroprinting, and I wrecked into the median, and I remember wrecking, spinning out back into the, um, into the hot expressway and looking back, and two cars just passed me and didn't even touch me. I just stopped right in the middle, totaled the car, and uh, I just remember pulling to the side crying and just like, I was supposed to die. And it was a moment right there, I was just like, uh, man. Man, that really, that really lightens you up. Well, it's a wake-up call. And um, so after that journey, I ended up heading to California to a junior college. Um, oh. So I'm not a fan of California. <laughs> maybe it's because of the experience there. I mean, I lived about probably an hour, hour 15 north of uh, Hollywood. And I went to a, a junior college called Antelope Valley College. And uh, it was cool, man. I mean, I had a lot of ramen noodle nights. It was a struggle. I remember my family dropped me off, uh, my nephew Charles and his father, and they showed me my room and everything. And uh, we walked around the rest of the house, and they was like, so where's Charles sleeping? He said, we just showed you. He was like, I thought that was a closet. <laughs> like, it was terrible. And uh, like, but I had to do what I had to do. And uh, I mean, I went out there, I did what I had to do. It, it was probably one of the, Biggest blessings in my life, I would say. Um, I met my wife, Kaylin, there. And uh, it's kind of like I was going through so much at that time. I was eating a lot of ramen noodles, as I mentioned. And I met her under some crazy circumstances. But I met her. And um, she started making me food. Her mom made food. I was able to start eating good. <laughs> I was able to start eating good and everything. And, uh, the way to like a man's a heart is through his stomach, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a blessing. And uh, <laughs> so then uh, I came home after that. Uh, my dad became, came ill, and uh, I decided to come home. We had our first daughter, Hayden, and 
I began just being at home. I took class at a local community college here at Gateway, and um, I worked at Olive Garden and Arby's back to back. I was I was grinding. That's what I that's what I had to do. I had to provide for not only my my family soon to be, also helping with my father and trying to trying to you know build a lifestyle and build a life for our own for our own. Right. And uh, having a daughter, I knew I wasn't only doing it for myself anymore. Uh, I had someone now who was looking up to me to provide, and uh, so I. Olive Garden and Arby's every day. I was seating people at Arby, I mean Olive Garden, and I was making them Arby sandwiches. Uh, and I loved it, man. It was a really a humbling experience. Um, it's like I met people that are still friends to me today, and it, it just was great. And through those times, I just, I just knew I still wanted to play football, and I still knew it was really on my heart. It was something that I was I was destined to do. Um, not being able. Talk with the AA, NCAA clearinghouse about should I go back Division One or what? Ha what should I do? The Division Two was my best option, so I literally went on Google, typed in top Division Two football programs, and emailed the top seven coaches. And uh, by the by the blessing of the Lord, a few of them called me back. Uh, Coach Kaler from Grand Valley State, he um, he brought me up on a on a on a uh, visit. I worked out. He gave me a scholarship, and. Uh, it was, it was crazy. Uh, and so I went there for two years, three years. I played two years, became very successful. I ended up racking up a ton of touchdowns, tons of yards, and uh, I was eventually uh, uh, drafted into the NFL. And for me, that moment being drafted, I was drafted in the seventh round, picked 216 of the 2013 uh, NFL draft. And I can still remember the, to this day, like the feeling that I had, um, like I wasn't a first round pick, I wasn't a high priority guy, but to know that like somebody wanted me, wanted me, and um, that all the things that I I went through and I worked for, yeah. I seen it come, I seen it prosper, and I seen that like it wasn't for nothing. Exactly. Now that talk to us about that moment, because I'm sure from Arby's to Olive Garden to your journey all over the place, even kind of where you feel today, you're like, OK, God, what, what's going on here in, in your injury and things? Talk to us about that moment, just what it, it felt. And I believe this is going to encourage people, because oh, yeah. even the song we just sang, great is his faithfulness. When we keep trusting God, when he does something in our lives, uh, we see it and we feel great and encourages our faith. But then we go through times when times are tough, and sometimes we have to pull from those times mm -hmm. where we saw the faithfulness of God. Talk to us about that moment when you heard your name called in the seventh round. You get an opportunity. What did you feel? What did your family feel? Did everything just kind of come all together at that time? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember being on the phone, and uh, everybody was talking. But I wanted like people to, like, I was on the phone, but everybody was talking, but I wanted everybody to pay attention, but I didn't want to tell everybody. Right. So, like... <laughs> I was kind of waiting for it to come across screen, so like it'd be cool. Right. Um, so I was like trying to tap people, like, "Hey, record, record." Uh, <laughs> but I just remember, man, like, they, my highlights came across screen, and um, all my guys, all the people who've been with me, we was all at a, a place up here, and we just we was partying, and the love I felt, and just the release I felt, uh, it was amazing, man. Like I said, it just felt like I, all the work I put in, all the stuff I went through, it wasn't for nothing. And I was, eventually, I, I felt like at that point, I caught a break, I guess. Yeah. Jesus gave me a break. 
And um, so it was, it was amazing. That's good. And that's what's neat about how God works is, you know, there's times in our lives when we feel we've, we've done everything right, we've grinded, we've tried, we've, you know, keep doing everything we know to do. Then God sees our faithfulness, mm -hmm. and he's always so good to come at the right time. Like we always say, he's oh, never yeah. early, he's never late, he's always right on time. Oh, yeah. And this was a right on time moment for you, and that's incredible. Oh, yeah. And speaking of incredible, just on a little sign, it will kind of jump back in and out. So you go by on your social media, Mr. Incredible. Tell us a little bit about that <laughs> and how uh, that name came about. Um, I really, Mr. It's like Mr. Incredible with a K, 12, um, XII. Uh, I don't really know. It's kind of something that started in college. I think somebody brought the name to me in college, and I was one, at one point Mr. Incredible 4 because that was my college number. And it's something that, I don't know, I feel like I'm an incredible guy. And, uh, kinda, I agree. I just feel like I'm incredible. She man. agrees too. Sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, it's just something that kind of stuck. And um, I think it's just something that I went away from it for a second, but things just didn't feel right. So I kind of back to Mr. Incredible. Oh, yeah. So we got a couple pictures of your family. Um, I believe there's a, a wedding photo here. Uh, Kenny, if you want to put one of those up, talk to us about your family. Tell us a little bit about your, your princesses there, a little bit about their personalities. What's it like being a family guy? Um, it's amazing. Uh, it's something that you can't really replace. Um, those little girls, um, out of all the things that I've achieved over my life and all the stats I got, all the game balls, rings, that right there, that's the greatest achievement I've ever had. And I can say that with a full heart. And um, the one with the lips, that's it. <laughs> that's Hayden, the little one, the bad one. We'll pray for her. That's, <laughs> that's Hazel, and uh, you know, the pretty one who's nice. That's, uh, that's Haley. And my wife is Kayla. Awesome. Awesome. And you met your wife in California, so yeah. California wasn't too bad on you. Nah. It, I mean, that was the only good thing about it, man. I'm a guy. <laughs> uh, I don't like flying into places and seeing trash on the, on the road and stuff. It's so dirty there. Like, I can't stand dirty places. So when I was flying in and seeing that, it's just terrible. And then there's so much traffic, it's ridiculous. It's so expensive, like, who wants to be live there? Nobody wants to live there. <laughs> he had to get that office chest for you guys. So I think we have one more picture. This is your, your uh, baby number four. Yeah. That's, that's uh, adorable. That's my blessing. That's your boy, right? Yeah, you see all them girls in the last picture. I finally got my boy. That's uh, baby Charles, we call him BC. Uh, he's... He's cool, man. Uh, I can't wait, you know, to share some of the things that I've gone through with my past with him and continue my walk in faith to try to be the man that I want him to be. Yeah, that's good stuff. And that right there is what it's all about, Charles. And, you know, I, I just want to encourage you. And I could tell, man, God's just even touching you right now. And that the desires of your heart, it says when you seek first the kingdom of God, he gives us the desires of our heart. And that's what I see in you, man, is that you have a desire to seek God. You've, you've went through times of when you, it's been tough, it's been good. But I want to encourage you right now, even how you're back here, you're recovering, you're healing up. There's always seasons in our life where oh, yeah. it's good to get healing. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so let's go back. You get drafted. Your whole life changes. Talk to us about kind of your, your journey in the NFL. I believe you went from Green Bay. And then, uh, we, poor soul, you went to Cleveland. Yep. <laughs> and then after Cleveland, you got some breaks in, in Minnesota. Talk to us oh, yeah. about that, kind of going around different places. Um, yeah, so I got drafted to Green Bay Packers. Um, I thought it was the right fit for me. Um, I'm a real chill guy. I don't like to do too much. All they're about is football there. And uh, coming in, I was, they gave me the opportunity. It was like, you're that guy. So I've never been hurt in football throughout my whole football career, throughout high school, college. I've never been injured. I've never missed a game. And the third day of practice at the Green Bay Packers, I told them before going out, I said, I'm going to pull my hamstring today. Nobody listened to me. You're just tight. So I went out there and let second play, second to last play of the whole practice popped my hamstring. I missed the whole OTAs. So I come in during training camp, and coach come up to me. He's like, it's your spot to lose. The number four spot is yours to lose behind Jordy Nelson, James Jones, and Randall Cobb. The number four spot is yours to lose. So all right, it's cool. I'm not going to lose. Right. And uh, so I went out first two days. I'm balling. I'm uh, catching bombs, doing everything I should be. So uh, next day I go out. I run a simple slant route. Boom. Uh, killed a guy. The guy was, I don't even know where he was. <laughs> and uh, boom, run the slant. The ball gets thrown behind me. I try to plant and go back and get it. I land, I kind of land backwards on my knees, tucked behind me. And uh, I remember uh, laying on the ground and just like, please, no, please, please just don't let me be injured because I just missed the whole offseason. Uh, OTAs, I was just like, please, just no, no. So I go in there, get checked out, and everything. They tell me my MCL's torn and I have a bone bruise. So I recover from that. Come back uh, for a preseason game. Knee still bothering me, but I'm able to maintain. And um, I go out there, I do what I got to do. So they're like, all right, you're still healing up. We're going to put you on practice squad the, uh, for six weeks. And then once you're healed up, we'll bring you, we'll bring you up. So I went on. I said, OK, that makes sense. Let's do it. So during that time, um, I was receiving phone calls from Cleveland, uh, North Turner at Cleveland. He wanted me to come play for him. I had, had a prior relationship with uh, his son before. So I said, man, I thought about it for a while. I said, I've been here with the Green Bay Packers. I've been hurt already twice. I've never been hurt before. Maybe I need to change. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to take this shot to Cleveland. Go see. It's going to be my big break. It's going to be they have no receivers. This was before Josh Gordon emerges. And I was like, this is going to be me. I'm going to go out there and light it up. So I go there. First day I get there, we have our physical. They weigh you. They start checking all your body parts. The doctor checks my knee. He says, do you know your ACL's torn? I said, no, my MCL was torn. I just had it checked out. I had four MRIs. What are you talking about? He said, no, your ACL's torn, but we're going to get another MRI to confirm. Uh, sure enough, came back the next day, my, MCL, my ACL was torn. I had been playing with it for six weeks on a, with a torn ACL. And uh, we went back, checked all the previous MRIs. It's showing a torn ACL. They just missed it or some something. So I missed that whole season. and. Um, it was, it, was, it was really hard. Uh, I mean, never being injured. I don't know if any of you guys had ACLs or that stuff hurts. <laughs> like, I waking up, calling doctor like 2 in the morning. Like, I don't know. Y'all messed up on my knee. I need some medicine. So <laughs> that stuff hurts. And uh, it, was, it was crazy, man. And then eventually, North Turner, the guy who brought me to Cleveland, him and his son, they moved to Minnesota. And they, they brought me with them. 
And uh, going to Minnesota, I was like, all right, here goes another break. This is going to be it. Like, they're not bringing me along with them for nothing. And um, I went out there, and eventually I gained some success and started balling a little bit and had a pretty good season in 2015. I uh, started my first six games, and I had close to 500 yards in those six games. So I felt like it was I was up and coming. I was getting my break, and next year I come back, I broke my rib. <laughs> Lost another break. Sitting that next season, come back. I hurt my ankle, and then uh, played the last eight weeks with uh, cartilage damage in my knee, and uh, that's where I'm at now. I finally decided to have surgery back in, I believe it was July, on my knee. <coughs> on my knee, uh, I had uh, microfracture surgery, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Just dealing with this injury and trying to continue continue fighting and keep going. That's good. I know one of your favorite scriptures is Jeremiah 29 11. You know, mm -hmm. for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope, plans yep. to give you a future, plans not to harm you. Has that scripture been something concrete in your life through all these tough breaks to say, okay, I know God's plan is good for my life, even though there's injury, even though I'm going through tough times. How has how your faith kicked in and helped you stay confident, helped you keep your head above water? Yeah, I talk mean, to us about that. Jeremiah 2011 was something that was uh, brought to me. Uh, I was in Colorado probably a couple years ago. I was doing a praise with the pros at a at a church, and a, a pastor from from Philadelphia named Pastor uh, Chip. He, for some reason, he just like you need to you need to read this scripture. So I was going up there to speak to these kids too, in like probably five minutes, and I start reading the scripture like, man, this this is crazy, like. So I went up there, I ended up giving a speech on that scripture that I just learned about. And it's something that's just been it's stuck with me since. And uh, I feel like, God, man, he has a plan for me. Not only for me, he has a plan for everybody out here. And uh, who knows what that plan is? Uh, but you got to be willing to work for it to find out what it is. And uh, uh, it's just something that I, I just try to stay true to because, I mean, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know if it's this football thing. I don't know what it is, um, but whatever it is, I'm willing to continue my walk with him to find out. That's good. Amen. That's a good heart. That's a good place to applause right there. That's good. That's good faith right there. Awesome. So your time in, in Minnesota kind of comes to an end, kind of mm -hmm. fast, fast forward, forwarding here. Talk to us kind of about that process in between your time in Minnesota I believe there were, was some talk with, with Carolina, mm -hmm. the Panthers there. Talk to us about that and, and kind of update us with your current injury now. What's yeah, going on? so um, be, at the end of the season, when I was dealing with this knee, um, I tried to not have surgery. So I, I had a few injections to try to heal it and everything, and it, it got pretty good. So I became a free agent last March, and I signed with the Carolina Panthers as a free agent. And I went there, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good fit for me. The receivers can't do what I do. And um, I thought it was a good situation for me overall. And going there, probably like the, it was probably the fourth practice, I had tweaked my knee again. And we tried to recover it, get it back right. It just never shook back to the form where I felt like I could play at a high enough level to be successful like I wanted to be. So that's why I went ahead and had surgery in uh, July. And now I've just been going through the surgery, pro I mean through the rehab process, just grinding, um, grinding day in and day out. And come March again, I'll be a free agent. I'm still 
on IR with the Carolina Panthers, but for come March again, I'll be a, another free agent because I only signed a one-year deal. So gotcha. we'll see what happens. Well, I know we have uh, there's a Panthers fan in the house. Uh, junior Neil's son here is a big Cam Newton guy. So uh, is it how how would it be catching passes from uh, from Cam? Would you like that, or who who's your ultimate guy that you you want to catch passes from when you ultimate? when you're a free agent? Oh. <laughs> is it Andy uh, Dalton? Come on, we need you in Cincinnati, man. Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want my catching from like I mean Aaron Rodgers was ridiculous. I remember showing up to practice and being like, wow, this guy is like it's ridiculous how good he can throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah, but I like Drew Brees as well. I like Phillip Rivers, uh, Roethlisberger, gunslinger guys, guys who don't care, take chances. I like it. Oh, yeah. And what, so you're known for if, if um, kind of what sets you apart is your speed, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that. Like, what's it like when, uh, you know, you're on the line, you're waiting for the ball to go, you got a defender in front of you. What's going through your head in that moment? Are you, is adrenaline pumping and you just want to blow past this guy? Like, what, what's your mindset? When you, when you know you want to get a ball or you know a, a play's coming to you? Um, I mean, yeah, as a receiver, especially, I'm a, I think I'm a pretty smart receiver, so I kind of know, based on coverages and concepts, when I'm going to get the ball. Yeah. And uh, if a guy lines up in front of me, he's invisible. He doesn't even matter. Like, <laughs> I take it as it's just routes on air. We're just running. Like, who is this guy? And, uh, I feel, and another thing I always use, I always say, somebody got to eat. I got kids to feed. Either my kids are going to feed, my kids are going to eat today, or his kids going to eat. So, who's gonna win? <laughs> so that's something that I also take to the table when I step up there. Uh, I mean, it's it's a passionate game, and it's something that I love to do. And you just got to go out there, and at the end of the day, you got to have you got to have fun with it. You got to have fun with it. That's good. I like that. Um, kind of a couple more questions here, and then we'll just take a time and just have a moment of prayer. Um, you know, with the NFL, it's polarizing. People usually put athletes on a stage. Mm -hmm. You know, athletes kind of turn into celebrities. Yeah. And I heard someone said, man, everybody's a celebrity because everyone deserves to be celebrated. Oh, right? yeah. So talk to you talk to about, you know, the thing I like about you when we, when we got to talk to you is, man, you'd walk in humility, which is, which oh, is yeah. awesome. Talk about when, you know, you see God blessing you. You see him moving for your life. You know, one of the, the traits of a Christian and just a good person in general is to always to stay humble. Mm -hmm. Talk about staying humble. I definitely see that trait in your life. Oh, yeah. What is it? How, how have you learned to stay humble through the process of it all? Um, I feel like I've always been a humbled individual. I mean, I'm real reserved. I'm real quiet. I don't really talk too much. I'm really to myself. Um, but I still got a, got a confidence side to me. I got a, you got to have some type of swag to yourself, some type of arrogance. But like on it, on the other flip side of it, I know where I came from. I know what it's like to have nothing. I know, I know what it's like. And uh, so I can't go out there just because I gained a little success, probably made a little bit more money, been on a little, little bit more, had a little bit more access to things. I can't just always just go ahead and forget about what I've been through and the things that I've had to go through. And uh, so I mean, I just, I just try to take it as man. I'm humble enough to. To, to be a guy who's from Kentucky, who's made a way out, but given a platform to spread my faith and my motivation on kids and other individuals who may look up to me. Yeah. And uh, I just try to, try to be that light to 
it's mostly like little kids, like just telling them like, I'm like you. Like I'm no, I'm not a special guy. I'm, I'm a normal human being that works a job that for some reason everybody idolizes. I don't know why. It's, I work just like you do. Um, it's nothing cool. It's nothing cool. We, we, we go in, we work, and we go home to our family. But since we're in the spotlight, people think we're superhuman. Um, people think that we're, be we, we're better than everybody else when we're not, man. We, we make mistakes just like everybody else. We're not going to make every play. Um, some people expect us to. I mean, they, they eat you up on Twitter. <laughs> they eat you up on Twitter. but. We're just normal guys, and we're playing a sport that we love, and some people don't understand that. It's like you came up here, you gave your word, and somebody didn't like it, so they just criticized you for it. It's happened. Yeah. You're, you're a human. Like, that's what happens, and some people don't understand that, but it's a blessing, man. I've been able to give the platform to give opportunities to others, to bless others, and um, I, just, I just feel like I'm, I'm happy right now. Love that. Here in a second, I want to ask you how we can be praying for you. Uh, but before we do that, got some, some fun questions. One of our um, sports uh, mar marketing majors, Clark Crook, helped me put these together. He's out at ORU. Okay. Big fan. He's been following you on Twitter. Um, but what's it like playing with yourself in Madden? You know, you, you got Madden every year. What's it like playing with yourself? Let us in on that. Um, I, honestly, I, I try not to play with myself too much. Because uh, it's, it's kind of weird, right? but I have done it, but it's, it's still weird. It's like you try to throw yourself the ball every time, like that's cheating. Right. Like, right. like, and then like if you get injured, you'd be like, oh my God, it's just like real life. <laughs> like for me, for some reason on the game, I get injured so fast. They know me. They know me so well. Uh, but yeah, I try, to, I try not to play with myself too much. I, I just try to... My nephews and stuff do. They send me like Snapchats and stuff. Me having like 400 yards receiving uh, and stuff. Yeah, they work out there. So pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. So you're a big golfer. Mm -hmm. I and myself gotten to in the past couple of years here. Talk to us about your golf game a little bit. What, what's your handicap looking like? Ooh, I'm a beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started golfing probably uh, probably six seven months ago, right before I had surgery, and then I had to take a break after surgery, but. It was something that just came natural to me. I kind of took it as like a place to relieve and just release some stress. And uh, it's something that's been really natural for me. My swing, uh, the whole game, it just came natural. I haven't taken any lessons. Um, I shot a 78 probably three weeks ago for the broke 80 for the first time. But I usually shoot between 82 to 88. So I'm around 10 to 12 handicap right now. So. I'm doing pretty good, so I, like I love it. the game. It's amazing. No, it's good. No, that's, that's what's good. And that even said something, too. Like, it's good for everyone to have a hobby, somewhere, something where you can release stress. You can just, you know, get, that's why I love the golf course as well, because it's almost like another sanctuary. You get out there, you have a good time with the guys. You're, uh, you know, trying to, to play, trying to win. Usually it's, it's me, my brothers, and my yeah. dad who go out, and we get pretty competitive. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's always a good time. But... Now, Charles, we appreciate you coming and sharing your testimony. Um, real quick again, before we ask you to pray, is there any shout-outs you want to give? I see you brought some family or, or anyone, yeah. anyone in your life that um, just really even encouraged you growing up, someone that, um, you know, showed you the way. Who was that person that kind of showed you the way or, or a group or uh, even a thought process that you had 
just yeah. to encourage you along the way. That's, I like that question. That's where I was kind of going. Um, so this year, 2018, I, I decided I'm going to be, I'm going to try to get more in touch with my faith. I'm going to try to be the image of the Lord. And um, throughout my life, I'm a Christian, I've carried faith, but I've never been true in it. I've never lived in faith. And um, that's probably why I haven't cut any breaks yet. I've done everything right. I trained my body religiously. I trained in my sport religiously, but I never trained my faith religiously. And in 2018, that was my, that was my, that was my re resolution, to train in my faith. I've sinned a lot. I sinned. That's what I do, I sinned. I didn't treat my wife well. I, there's times I haven't treated my wife well. And I sinned. That's what happens. And, but God, get, God forgives. Yes, he and he continues to do the things right. Um, but I always like to say, every sinner has a future. And every saint has a past. So I'm a sinner, but I still have a future. And that's what I'm working towards now. Um, and I mean... For me, I feel like I need prayed on just to continue to continue to strength to to keep fighting through the um, the battles that are going to come while pursuing my faith. Cause like the devil's a lie, the devil is a lie. But it's so easy for you to sin. It's so easy for me to sin. Cause guess what? It's so easy. Cause it tastes so good. It's such an easy access, and it takes no work at all. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like grabbing a, a hosted little Debbie cake out here, or you got to prepare a meal. It's, it's easy to grab that Debbie and eat it, but it ain't good for the body. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard. It's hard to work for faith, and um, that's something that I need pray for, man, to continue the strength, to work, to find that faith, and keep fighting for that faith, and um, knowing that the devil is alive, man. He ain't going to catch me no more, and... Um, I'm just going to keep battling, and I like to always say, man, if there's anybody out there that's like, man, you're going through something, maybe things aren't how they want to be right now, you don't, you don't feel like you should feel right now, you'll be all right, man. Just know I love you, he loves you, we love you. Um, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And... Um, you just gotta, you just gotta continue to work for your blessings, and I swear they'll come, man. So I'm excited, man, to finally once in my life, not only train for my sport, train my body, but also train in my faith, and see, and see, putting it all together, every aspect of my life that is dedicated to, to my sport, my career, my faith. If it all comes together, if I actually catch that break that I've been waiting on. Because he tell me, he, t he keeps telling me, I'm, you're not tired yet. You're not tired yet. You don't need a break. That's because I haven't been on up to him. I haven't been walking with him. And I've just been kind of just one foot in, one foot out. But now I'm two feet in, and uh, we're going to see where it goes. And uh, just continue to pray for me, man. Uh, I like to tell, I want to tell people, uh, continue just to stay strong. Um, tell your life, because it's your temple. Uh, cry because it shows strength, um, and pray because God gives you glory, God gives you power, and uh, I feel like he's already in the short period of time that I've dedicated my life to him that 
he's changed me a little bit. So. Well, that's good stuff, Charles. Amen. Well, can you give him a hand? And, and that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, those, that's a dangerous prayer, what you were just talking about. But that's the very thing when we begin to experience newness of life. And there's a scripture I want to encourage you with. I encourage me this morning. I want to encourage all of you with. Kenny, if you put up uh, Colossians 1, 9, and 10, which is so good. And this speaks to um, really what you were talking of, of getting to know God better and better. Okay. Let's check this out. It says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God, this is Paul talking to the church, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will. Man, that's what I feel at your heart is, God, show me your will. And give me spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10 says that this, that then the way you live will honor and please God. And your lives will produce every good kind of fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Man, that's, that's our heart for you guys here this morning, is that you would continue to know God better and better. And Charles, your heart of, man, there's something about when you lay it all on the line. When you get real, you confess, you repent. There's times in my life where I fall short, and I just fall on my face, and I ask God, I repent. Mm-hmm. And it's in those moments when we confess and we get real with God, man, that's where the game changer happens. And that's where sin's hold on our life breaks and where death on our, the death's toll in our life breaks. Mm-hmm. Because being a Christian isn't about just being a, a good person or going from bad and good. It's about going from death to life. Mm-hmm. And there's something, man, when you were talking about your family, the things that are close to your heart, talking about your faith, you can tell that that seed is in there. Mm-hmm. And that's with a lot of us. You know, there's a scripture that says uh, in Proverbs, train up a child in the way they should go. When they grow old, they won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. That was a scripture that, my parents grabbed hold of, I know that you grab hold of. There's something powerful when you have a journey of faith. And so many times, you know, shame, condemnation, and guilt is never of God. So if you ever feel that in your life, you're allowing the devil to whisper to you. God is grace, it's mercy, it's forgiveness, it's love. And when we get real, just like you did, and that's something we can all take home, man, don't ever underestimate the power of getting real with God and repentance, the things that he's given us. And man, I know you have uh, your doctor's appointment tomorrow where you're yeah. going gonna, gonna to hear kind of what's going on and, and what the future is going to look like. And I thought it was neat how football Sunday fell on today, yeah. how God's been touching you this past month here at GPC. And we want, we want you to know is that we're all praying for you. Oh, yeah. And we want to pray for you right now. Oh, yeah. And then I want to take a moment, and if you feel a tug in your heart. If you're sitting here, you're hearing Charles' testimony, and you've been feeling you've been going through a tough time, or maybe you feel far from God, this is a moment where you can say, I want to be all in. Just like you said, I want to have two feet, and I'm tired of, of one foot in the world and one foot in God. It's tough. We all deal with it, but there's power in a confession, and there's power when you say, I'm going to be all in. So if you would stretch forth your hands toward Charles, let's pray for him. Jesus, we thank you right now for Charles. God, we thank you for his journey. God, the the ups and downs that he's went through. God, we just pray for him right now as a church family, somewhere he's grown up here. God, that you've just brought him back here. You've taken him back to a childlike faith. God, we just pray that you would heal the areas of his heart. You would heal the areas of his body. Jesus, you're a healer. 
And when we have your Holy Spirit, anything is possible where we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we just pray blessing over Charles. God, you hear his declarations for this year. I pray that you would kill kryptonite in his life. God, that you would set him free. God, that you would show him the path so that he can get to know you better and better, that divine wisdom, divine guidance of the Holy Spirit would be upon him. God, we're expectant for the plans that you have for his life. Devil, we command you in the name of Jesus to get out, to flee, to stop, to stop any plans that are trying to keep him down. God, we, we pray that today would be a faith boost for him, for his family. Bless his children, bless his marriage, bless his wife. God, that everything he puts his hand to would be blessed. God, we thank you for the work you're doing in his life and as it encourages all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. 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 If you would just bow your head, I want to pray with you. God, we thank you right now. Uh, what you've done this morning, we thank you that you're a good father, that your reckless love always pursues us. God, there might be some, this is our first time at church, or this is our first time in a church in a long time. God, maybe you're dealing with them. Maybe they can identify with Charles where, man, they haven't had breaks in their life. But God, we know that when the power of God shows up, when we get real with ourselves and real with God, renewal comes, strength comes into our life. We go from dead to life. We start walking in your ways. Kryptonite gets away and gets out of our lives. God, I pray for those right now that the Holy Spirit is dealing with. That Maybe they're hearing that whisper. It's time to come back home. It's time to be a part of the kingdom. It's time to find your destiny. It's time to find your calling for your life. As we're praying, maybe that's you this morning. You know, there's something powerful when you respond outwardly with what God is doing inwardly. If that's you and you find yourself, you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit in your heart, and you want to return back to God, you want to dedicate your life to Jesus in 2018, I want you just to raise your hand right where you're at. Nobody's looking around. Amen. 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 Awesome. God bless you. God, I pray for those right now with their hands lifted. God, that this was a moment just for them. This was a moment for their faith to be stirred. God, for them to see, man, God isn't finished with me yet. And I might have some bumps, some bruises, some scars. I've, I've messed up. I've sinned. But God, you're always beckoning us to come to the altar, to lay ourselves down, and to pick up life in Christ. God, I pray for those that lifted their hands, Holy Spirit, that you would take them from death to life this morning, that a stirring would begin to happen. God, that they would see that the best is yet to come for them. Strengthen them, renew them by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. 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 Well, Charles, it's been good this morning, man. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate you sharing with us. Oh, yeah, appreciate it. And, you know, we want this to be a, a place while you're, you're back home in your family where you can come and worship and connect with God. It's what we're all about is oh, connecting yeah. people with God. So we appreciate you, man, and we love you. Oh, yeah, I love good you Good sharing. Well, appreciate it.
Awesome. One more big hand. It was a good, good talk. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. I'm going to be stopping by your closet next week, all right? Awesome. Well, we're going to take a moment. Brent's going to come here in a second and just share a couple announcements. Uh, but we just want to take a time here in the service to honor God with our giving. You know, it's amazing. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. There's something powerful in generosity. There's something powerful to understand that God's greatest way he showed us that he loved us was that he gave. He didn't just shout from heaven, but he gave the thing that was closest to him. And that's something you should be encouraged with, is God loves you this morning. And he gave Jesus to be the bridge. To, that's what the cross is all about. Jesus took our place so that we can have life. He, he took our penalty. And when we come to church, there should always be this heart of, God, I repent for any sin in my life. Allow me to walk in newness of life this week. Renew me. That's what I do. The minute I step into church, I pray, God, I repent of anything. Renew me in the power of the Holy Spirit for what you've called me to do. And so you'll see behind you, there's three different ways to give. You know, it's pretty neat. We're seeing uh, growth begin to take place in our school here, Zion Christian Academy. I was sharing in the first service. You can go on Facebook, but I attended here at ZCA when I was all the way in preschool, all the way through eighth grade. And it equipped me and, and Christian and Seth, different ones you see that are here helping lead the church and serve. And it's amazing. There was this picture where someone had snapped it and I had my thumbs up. And then Mackenzie, our photographer last week, she had caught me and I had my thumbs up. And they did a little side-by-side -side, side -side picture of it. And I just began to think and I almost began to cry because I thought about, man, the faithfulness of God from a kid who had childlike faith, who just couldn't wait to get onto the playground, enjoy playing with my friends in a safe environment, not knowing anything bad. And all that was because of sacrifice of many of you and those that have gone before who decided, you know, we want to provide a place where kids can encounter Christ, where they can grow, where they can learn. And that's something you, for you to think of as well in your life. Don't ever underestimate your journey, even as Charles was talking about, that God is faithful even when you're a kid all the way until you're 75, whatever that looks like. His faithfulness is always there. And he's always beckoning us to be faithful. And so I don't know, it just, it just really did something in me. And I pray it does something in you when you think on the faithfulness of God in your life, when you look back and you see how good God has been to you. So this morning as the ushers come, I want to pray with you. I want to pray over your giving. God's blessed this house. And it's all through...